Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 54. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about the five mistakes not to make when buying a home. What you're going to learn are those five mistakes and what your priorities should be when buying a home, how long you should plan to own a home, and common pitfalls to avoid. Now this is another favorite topic of mine because I really had a lot of practical experience in learning some of these lessons and I'm going to share these lessons with you because it's not something that you commonly read around on the internet and I don't know why but Anyway, I'm gonna share my hard-earned lessons with you. So the first pitfall I want you to avoid is not choosing a house to grow into long-term. In other words, I want you to look at what is a house that you can live in for a lot of years, for a long time? Because what I see is people buy homes for where they are today without much thought about where they're gonna be in one, three, five years, not even that far out and their needs completely change. It's totally predictable and foreseeable, and yet people make this mistake where they don't choose this house for the long-term, and real estate really should be a long-term decision. It's really stacking all of the advantages in your favor when you buy real estate for the long-term, and when you focus on the long-term and focus on owning it for a really long time. So to choose it for where you are today, for example, a lot of young married people might go and buy an urban condo thinking, oh, this is really cool. We can live in the city and we can, you know, just really enjoy eating out all the time and having a great life and, you know, whatever. That's great. That sounds fun. But you know what? They probably already know that maybe in two years they're going to want to start a family. And maybe not, but a lot of people do. That That is sort of the norm. And so, you know, why not think about where do we want to live when we have that family? And maybe just rent in the city until they've saved some money and are ready to buy that house where they're going to raise their family and then really focus on where is the right place to raise those kids. Really focus on what's the neighborhood, what are the schools like, and take all of those things into account so that they can buy the house, start building equity, and you know really start making it a great investment and give themselves time on, the, on their side to make it a great investment. So that's the first thing to avoid. The second mistake to avoid is to only want a home that is already remodeled. So what happens is a lot of people go house shopping 
and they get all caught up in, you know, what is their dream home? They have this beautiful home in mind that they want. It's their dream home. They want the granite countertops or whatever. Maybe they want it all to be a green house in terms of um, LED. But, you know, it's really about buying the location. You know, they say in real estate, location, 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 right? And it's true. But you also, in addition to location, you want to look at the footprint of the house. That is, what is the floor plan? Does it have a nice flow? Do Are the bedrooms where you want them to be? In other words, if it's a two-story home and you're planning to have a family, you don't want to have you know, one bedroom downstairs and one bedroom upstairs where your baby's far away from you. So start thinking about the footprint of the house. Does it work for you? And I call that the bones of the house. When I married my husband, he had a pretty much uh, authentic 1970s house with olive green countertops and vinyl flooring and um, what else? Just, you know, really old tile counters in the kitchen, fluorescent lighting, you know, really things that needed to be updated from the 70s. So, but what I noticed in that house was that A, it was a great location, and B, the footprint or the bones were fabulous. In other words, the floor plan itself was tremendous and was exactly what I would have wanted. It was a beautiful two-story home, and we were able to go in, gut it, and really customize it to be, you know, a custom-designed home. And, you know, not everyone can always afford that, but if you can save up for that, you can usually buy a home less expensively if it hasn't been remodeled, and then putting some money into it, and you'll have some equity in addition to what you've paid for your home, and you'll have it customized exactly the way you want it. So I think it's really an advantage to buy a home that's not yet remodeled rather than buying one that's already remodeled. But I realize it does take vision. It does take the ability to see past all of the flaws, and sometimes it can be very depressing. The house that I bought in Rancho Mirage, California, near Palm Springs, was very, oh my gosh, ugly. Can I say that? It was so ugly. It was completely lavender. The carpet was lavender. The wallpaper was lavender. I mean, the furniture was lavender. It was crazy lavender everywhere. But you know what? It was in the country club I wanted to live in, a very exclusive gated community. It had a swimming pool that I wanted. It had a privacy to it that made me feel like I had no neighbors. It had a view of the mountains. It um, had an area for my dogs. I mean, it just, it had all the things on the checklist and, and the flow was fantastic. And the closets were huge and the rooms were gigantic. And there were so many positive things about it. I could look past all the ugly lavender that needed to be ripped out and done over. So, you know, when you're looking at a home, look past the ugliness, but look at what is the permanent part of the house? What's the part you can't change, but you can cosmetically make it look better? You'll get a lot more money for your mom. You get a lot more money. Uh, a lot. You'll make your money go a lot farther. How's that? If you look at it that way, you get a lot more for your money. Uh, also, 
you can also learn more about being a real estate investor because this is how real estate investors look at property. They don't look at the ugliness of the property. If you watch those fun remodeling shows on TV, you know they're looking at the bones. They're looking at the location. They're looking past all the cosmetic ugliness. You can always get new refrigerators or new countertops. You can always paint. You can always tear out a wall. You can always do these things, but you can't change the location. So make sure the location and the flow of your home is what you really look at. And that's how you end up buying low and selling high because you can get a lot of equity in the home by remodeling and making it appreciate. In addition to just waiting for the market, the general market to appreciate, you can actually cause appreciation by fixing up your home, as you know. So that's the second mistake I want you to avoid is by only looking at a house that's already remodeled. The third mistake I want you to avoid is not choosing your location carefully. Location is everything, but here's the thing. I've seen so many young people fall in love with a house, but guess what? The house is an hour and a half away from their job. They have to commute an hour and a half each way, or maybe a little longer or a little shorter, but a long way but they are doing that because they fall in love with this house. Well, guess what? Your family starts to suffer. You start to have your health go down because you're stressed out driving so far every day. You're not getting enough sleep. You're sitting. It's just a really bad scenario. So don't choose, don't ignore the location of where you're buying your house just because you fall in love with a brand new constructed house that has all the bells and whistles, okay? Go back to point number two that I talked about where you can find a good location, look past the cosmetics and make it your dream home. Make it the home that you want and choose every single thing that you want. That's a great way to do it. All right, mistake number four, moving too soon. When you move too soon or too often, you're not building equity in your home. So you're basically, you know, paying a lot of expensive costs up front for real estate commissions, taxes, a lot of different things, and you're not really getting to build the equity. So, you know, really think about that because compounding takes time and you typically should have at least a 10 year time horizon to live in your home. If you're not planning to buy that home and live there for 10 years, don't buy it. Really, you want to have a 10 year time horizon minimum when you buy a home. So here's one of the things I looked at. When my husband and I got married, we were thinking, okay, well maybe we'll go buy a different home. Um, He was a widower and I thought, well, you know, maybe we should start fresh and go buy a new property. But when we looked around, we realized he had the ideal location and the ideal bones for a house. And I looked at a couple other things that really clinched the deal for me. What I looked at was if we sold this house, we'd pay a commission to sell this house, a commission to buy a new home, and we'd have to move almost 4,000 square feet of furniture and possessions. So the moving expenses would be, you know, at least another 10 grand, right? So by the time you look at the commission to buy, the commission to sell, and the moving expenses, I mean, there was probably 70,000 plus dollars right there. 
And I thought, you know, that's $70,000 we're not going to see any value for. It's gone. That's not any equity we, we will have. That's, that's just gone. It's gone to realtors for commissions. It's gone to the moving company. So why not take that $70,000 and instead of moving, put that into remodeling the home? That math equation made so much sense to me. It was like, done. That's it. We just will stay here. We will take that money we would have paid in commissions and moving, and it will pay for the remodel. And that's what we did. And we had a beautiful home that was like a brand new home. We literally changed every window, every floor, every bathroom, the whole kitchen, every single thing except one bathtub and the fireplaces we kept. And everything else was gutted. I mean, seriously gutted. So it was like a brand new home and it was beautiful. So think about it from that equation. By the time you pay commissions and moving, what could you do with that money instead that would be smarter, that would actually probably pay for your remodel? You know, that is a really key thing. I've never seen anyone talk about that, but that was just a huge realization that makes so much sense to me. And when I see people moving all the time, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, between the commissions and the moving expenses, there goes your equity, your appreciation, your compounding right out the window. How much is that adding up to over time? I once knew someone who moved about every three years. He just, you know, he had a trust fund and he thought, hey, you know, if I get bored, I'm just going to move my family. And they moved to give their daughter a horse to ride and they moved to a country club and they moved to a gated community and they moved to, you know, a suburb and they moved to the city and they moved all over the place all the time about every three years. Well, guess what? They never built up any equity. At the end of his life, there wasn't much money there because all the equity was gone. There, it, he didn't have any time to really compound and make any gains from all that real estate. So real estate is a long-term compounding game. And if you're constantly moving, you're just paying commissions and moving expenses. And that's profit that could be right in your pocket, that could be in your account, in your net worth, that has just been thrown out the window. So I really want you to think about that equation, about realtor commissions and about moving expenses and how to put those back in your pocket. All right, number four. I don't want you to become house poor. You know, there used to be sort of this formula that people would say, buy the largest house you can afford. You know, that was the old way because real estate was increasing over time and, you know, we're still in a very good market for real estate here in 2014. But understand, since 2007 and the whole financial crisis, the reason why housing prices have moved up is because interest rates have been held at zero, because interest rates have been held down to nothing, and that's allowing the housing market to rebound. If real estate, or if interest rates rather were where they should be, real estate prices would be nowhere near where they are today. So understand that also cycles may change how real estate appreciates. You know, we had a whole lot of baby boomers that were having families and buying homes at the same time and doing all the same things and that made the real estate market go crazy well nowadays those mcmansions as harry dent author calls them uh, are not as desirable people aren't buying the really huge homes they're not buying the biggest home that they can afford people are downsizing today they're not wanting to own two and three homes 
they're wanting to own fewer homes. And when interest rates come back, that may depress prices because it's going to cause a higher payment because your mortgage is made up of your principal plus interest. Well, if interest rates rise, that means your interest piece of your mortgage is going to rise of your mortgage payment. And therefore, you'll have a higher payment to make, which means the prices have to go down in order for people to be able to afford those higher mortgage payments. It's going to put pressure on downward pressure on housing prices. So just realize that you know, buying the biggest house you can afford may not be the right strategy for you. Rather, buy the house you're going to be comfortable in for the next 10 plus years with your family, whatever whatever choices you're making to grow your family or to downsize your family or you're becoming an empty nester, whatever that is, look out 10 years. You know, here I am, not a young person anymore, looking toward the future and saying, you know, I'm now living in a sunny area that's where I want to live and I want to live in a one level home I don't want to climb upstairs anymore it's very important to me to live in a one level home and that is something that you know changed and so there are things that change throughout your life that you just need to think about what are your needs going to be for the future and yes today I feel vibrant and healthy but you know, maybe if I'm in my home 10 years from now, maybe my health isn't as good and I need to just think about being in a house that's one level. Um, and that's not just really why I want a one level home, but I do like having all the convenience and having all of the bedrooms and everything on one level. And that's very much the style here where I live in Southern California as well. But I also think that it's just you know, really planning for your future and thinking out 10, 15, 20 years. What are your plans? What are your needs going to be for your home? So they're pretty predictable. I want you to just sit down and think about it. And that, by the way, is your action step for today is decide the neighborhood that's going to fit your needs for the next 10 to 20 years. What's going to be important to you? What kinds of things are you going to want to look for? Do you want to be in a smaller town? Do you want to downsize? Do you want to be near your grandchildren if if you're um, going to be having grandchildren at that time? Or do you are you raising small children? Do you need to have a big yard? Do you need to be near good schools? What are the things that are going to be important to you for the next 10 to 20 years? So really try and think in advance, think out for the long term for real estate, and you can avoid these five pitfalls. So in review, the five pitfalls, again, are not choosing a house to grow into long term. Number two, wanting a house that's already remodeled and not seeing all the location and the footprint or the bones of the house and how you can make it your own. Number three, not choosing your location carefully. That's falling in love with a house that's too far away. Number four, moving too frequently or moving too soon, not allowing yourself to build equity and not taking into account that equation I talked about that's so important, real estate commissions to buy your home, real estate commissions to sell your home, and the moving expenses that you're going to pay every single time you buy or sell a home. Give yourself time to compound and build wealth. And number five, becoming house poor. That old model of buying the biggest house you can afford 
doesn't exist anymore. Think about demographic cycles and changes. Think about interest rates where they are and how that may impact the future of the housing market and why you want to buy the house that's right for the next 10 to 20 years without just trying to buy the biggest house that you can. So I hope that helps you understand what your priority should be when buying a home, how long you should plan to own a home, and the common pitfalls to avoid. Do you own books that you want to read but don't have time to? Me too. All my friends are telling me about the books that they read. I'm like, oh, I want to read this one. I want to read that one. I finally turned my car into an education center and listened on Audible to learn what I want to know from those books. It was so much easier and saved me tons of time. And that's why I'm excited to share a time-saving tip with you. For listeners of the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to try out their service. Just like listening to podcasts to learn things, Audible is a great way to multitask, save time, and learn. To download your audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash be wealthy and smart. Audibletrial.com forward slash be wealthy and smart. And I'll put that in the show notes as well on my lindapjones.com forward slash podcast. You can go over there. All my episodes are over there. You can go to episode 54 and uh, get your free audio book and 14-day trial. They're great. Go check them out. And if you're eager to start on the first step to wealth, which is your wealthy mindset, go over to my website, BeWealthyAndSmart.com, and sign up for 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset. Daily emails with videos, audios, and information to help you change your thinking from lack to wealth in 21 days. How you think is the foundation for everything else we're doing. So get started now removing those limiting beliefs and start thinking wealthy. You know, really wealth, I believe, comes about 90% from how you think, from your mind, from the decisions you make, the things you think. It's so important. So go to BeWealthyAndSmart.com and get your 21 Days to a Wealthy Mindset. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.